0: I think I think the best way to do it is get someone to film it for you and put your PayPal details <laughs> on the screen. And you'd be a billionaire. You know, like when you see people on Witherspoons that put up on Facebook, I'm at Witherspoons Belfast at table seventy eight and people can send you drinks via the Witherspoons app. They can do that. It's the equivalent of that. Put your PayPal on the screen and then just hit Stephen Nolan and you you'll buy your own island. You know what I mean? That much money. You know what I mean? And you could, pay, you could pay all your bills back, and there'd be no more bailiffs.
1: So, welcome to another episode of Chatter. And today we have Rory Woods, uh, the comedian, host of Woods Talk, and leader of the, the uh, Woods Tang, Woods. Tang clan, that's a fault. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I should have practiced that before we started. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thanks very much for having me. It's awfully nice of you in these
0: trying times to see a bit of generosity. It's, it's very kind of you.
1: Well, you know, I can't, I can't give out vaccines, so the best thing I can do is, is invite people <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's the best you can do, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how did you get started in, in comedy? My, um, I had a sort of baptism of fire
0: in terms of doing stand-up in that I was dared to do it by a mate who was drunk. I was in, um, I was in Lavery's Bar, and obviously Lavery's owns various bars in Belfast, one of them being the Pavilion on the Armour Road. And uh, we were drunk, and obviously on the screens, they advertise various things and various different bars associated with Lavery's. One of which was an open mic night for comedy, uh, that was run by Graham Watson. And uh, drunkenly I was dared to do it. So I I think it was within five or six weeks of that, uh, was stood on stage trying to make people laugh. And I've been doing it ever since. Like it's it's so unusual. Like it's always so I I was always funny to my mates, but I wasn't enough of a psycho to go, I could do this for 11, so a kid. You know what I mean? It was never it was never like that. So uh, it came as a result of a dare, a very, very chance sort of
1: event, you know. How'd that first time go? Do you remember what you? Would you remember what you talked about?
0: <clears throat> I talked about um, the time that a, a spide or a schmick or whatever you want to call them these days, the sort of Belfast pound Stretcher blazing squad looking dudes. I had a story which is true about the time that one of them came up to me when he was drunk and told me i look like a polish Gokwan. so that was one of my first <laughs> <laughs> um which unfortunately unfortunately true and unfortunately still applicable um and i talked about being drunk in the asda in straban where i'm from and i also talked about the time oh my god i talked about um unfortunately this is true as well i was working in a centra for years and you know when i'm um, You've kind of got like a routine in your head. You scan the stuff, ask for the money. They give you money, you give you change, and blah, blah, blah. Within this sort of routine was, um, you know, you had to lick your thumb to separate plastic bags. You've got a big bunch of them. And to this day, that's still the most irritating thing in the world, is separating plastic bags without doing it. And for some reason, there was some day I was flustered and messed up the order in which I was doing stuff and genuinely took some guy's stuff, scanned it, said how much it was he gave me money and just before I gave him his change I licked the money in my hand and gave it to him (laughs) yeah that's unfortunately true as well so just kind of talk about me generally
1: making a hash of basic fundamental um things in life (laughs) Mm. you know yeah I mean that can happen sometimes if you're if you're doing something you're like you're you're so like you you're not even thinking about what you're doing anymore and like yeah yeah I can happen if you're um. like in a routine of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. But and it was okay. Like the the set, you know, um, it went fine. You know, I'd, it went well enough to do it again, but I just did like, like I still have it, the footage of it and watched it recently and it made me cringe. Like I couldn't, couldn't take the mic out of the stand properly. And then when it did, I nearly busted my eye because the mic just went like that. Um, and I was like, felt like I just had a real dry throat and, even with a microphone, still didn't feel like I was talking loud enough. You know, really that sort of level of anxiety that you get. But yeah, such a weird, weird thing to still be doing it, given how I started, you know.
1: Did you ever reuse any of the material?
0: I used the Polish Gaw thing for a fair while, um, before Gaw wasn't popular anymore. So I dropped it. <laughs> I hadn't changed it. Alan Carr for a few years, and then it was um, Sue Perkins, who used to host the Great British Bake Off. I did that for a while and um, I don't know who it's going to be now to be honest could be I don't know
1: I mean if you said Gok Wan to someone who's like 18 now they probably wouldn't have any fucking clue who you meant they
0: wouldn't have a clue who he was at all I mean he was so famous for quite a long time and then I don't even know if he still does anything on TV probably does what was does this the sh-
1: bit, but. What was this show called Is it, was it How to, good, How to Look Good Naked oh yes oh yes How to Look Good Naked and uh yeah He's I mean, kind of hypocritical he's like criticizing people while he's still got clothes on
0: exactly yeah <laughs> like you have to commit you have to set an example so get the, the strokes and plum out and let me see what you're working with uh, you know?
1: so before you did that like before the dare had you ever tried like or had you ever thought about about comedy before like had you ever like seriously considered it or was that like just like spur of the moment sort of go for it sort of thing
0: It was, well, I say spur of the moment, you know, I was dared, but obviously there was an element of having to wait. Like when I applied for a spot, it was early-ish, early-ish to mid-September. And then it was October 18th that I did my first set. Um, But in terms of thinking about it prior to messaging the Open Mic Facebook page for a spot, no, because it just didn't seem feasible. It always seemed like something other people did, you know what I mean? And I grew up in Strabane but there wasn't really there's not much of a showbiz, you know, <laughs> lifestyle as and there's no showbiz aesthetic in Strabane. You know, we still use a sundial down there for fuck's sake. And um you know, so it just never seemed feasible. But obviously because I moved to Belfast because I was studying media, hence why I worked in the centre for so long. And uh yeah, so it just it just all fell into place that way. But growing up in Straban, no, I was lucky to be, you know, the third best window licker in my family. You know what I mean? That was that was my goal. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> so you're telling you telling me that Straban isn't like a like an absolute center of 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 comedy and, and media?
0: Oh no, it's not the, it wouldn't be a, a hub of entertainment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Despite Hugo Duncan and myself obviously being there. But um no, I mean like it just didn't seem like the thing to do. And even in terms of you know, when I was younger and pre-university, I still think in terms of Northern Ireland, there wasn't even a lot I could have done near Straban, even if I had been willing to travel. Don't know if there was much happening in Derry and Oma. I think it was Belfast via the Empire was probably your main thing. And then obviously the difference between that and the difference in the scene now is night and day, obviously. So there's more, there's more going on now. But when I started, there still wasn't even a while lot. So I was lucky to be based in Belfast and you know, lucky that I was able to live abroad and, <laughs> and get my visa to go to Belfast and
1: my injections and all that stuff. <laughs> so like, do you, do you have any, do you have like comedy heroes that you like try and base yourself on or people that, that in, inspire your comedy now? Um, it, it sort of varies. I do
0: have comedy heroes, but I wouldn't do them the disservice of trying to be anything like them. Um, my, my main sort of thing to this day in terms of, Stand up and any sort of writing has always been like the mirror sort of vibe, like stuff that people do every day that they might not realize. So when I first saw, to a small extent, when I was younger, Billy Connolly, but it was sort of solidified via uh, Peter k and the TV show The Royal Family. That's where it all kind of set in stone for me. I to this day, The Royal Family is probably my favorite TV show of all time. The way it's written, the fact that it's it's stuff everybody says everybody does but it's done it's, it's such a clever twist so that's what i try and do so peter Kay, royal family and then obviously you have the big hitters eddie Murphy's quite high up for me richard pryor um and then more recent comics of like bill burr i love bill burr and there's an italian american comedian called sebastian maniscalco am quite into as well he had a small role in the irishman um this year he, he's getting quite big now so yeah, it sort of varies, but I wouldn't do anybody the disservice of trying to
1: to be anything like them, you know? <laughs> I watched that film, The Irishman, actually. I, well, I say I watched. I watched the first 30 minutes and nearly fell asleep. And I was like, seriously, yeah. this is the best that they can, like, because I'd seen loads of reviews about how great it was, and I never managed to get through more than 30 minutes without, like, like, falling asleep. Yeah,
0: it's it's a real, it's, a, it's, you need to take time off work to watch The Irishman, <laughs> you know what I mean? You need, and... I think there's an element of the fact that Netflix gave Scorsese all this money to make the film. He had the cast, most ridiculous cast in cinema history, probably. And he's like, I'm Scorsese. I can do what I want. So anything I want to drag out, you know, nobody's going to tell me to shorten sequences and anything like that. And then I think there's just that obvious element of when you're alive right now because of social media and phones and apps, nobody's attention span is worth talking about anymore because... Like, I can't, like, I, I long things now. I, I, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. People say, like, have you watched Making a Murder? No, nope. because I will fall asleep after 20 minutes. Or, bare minimum, be on IMDb reading about Making a Murder. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I can't, like, that's why we burst. Royal Family, Still Game, The Office, Phoenix Knights, anything we short things on Netflix is just about doable now. But the Irishman... I think I did like six sessions, like I, you know, we half hour bursts. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough slog.
1: Mm. I mean, like it's yeah. Scorsese's like like you're used to him doing long films. I think it must the the, the start was just so boring. Like yeah. like he, he, when you don't have like DiCaprio just like swearing his way through the first thirty minutes mm-hmm. and like talking about hookers and cocaine, it's just yeah. suddenly not as entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think if you're gonna like if you're gonna make a film of that, thanks. You know, there's no problem with having sort of quieter se- or more dialogue-driven sequences, but at least try and open the film strong. Like, if, if you're obviously referring to The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. From what I remember, like, that sort of basically kicked off with DiCaprio drunk in a helicopter coming home. Yeah. And that was one of the early things, and you're like, okay, well, I'm watching all this. Yeah. You see, drunk in a helicopter escapades. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like there's the other bit where he's like the other opening scene is like driving down down the, the, the road talking about his flat Ferrari while um his wife gives him a blowjob. Like yeah. It's just slightly different to that like car scene in the opening bit of the Irishman where they're just like with the, the woman in the back's just complaining about not being able to smoke. Yeah, exactly. It's wildly different. I mean <laughs> if they had of
0: you know smoked De Niro's pole instead of a cigarette, we could have <laughs> we could have been playing. <laughs> They were smoking the raw. If there's anything, they're going to smoke.
1: you know what I mean? You may get the listerine in you. And <laughs> so, how have you found like trying to trying to do comedy stuff um, during the lockdown with with everything with everything closed? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you've been doing the podcast, but have you been doing anything else? Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough. The Wood's
0: talk has kind of saved my life a little bit in terms of being productive. Um, Stand up wise. I was lucky to get a wee bit of work when the restrictions first lifted, which obviously seems like 13 years ago now. Um, but in terms of, you know, I've, I've been offered like zoom stuff and things like that. And I've said no, cause it's just, I, I don't feel the same about doing stand up over zoom, even if there was people and they could unmute themselves to be like, ha and then mute themselves again. <laughs> um, So, but again, I'm lucky I just have Woodstock and um, that's kept me very, very busy. I think um, the lockdown, I try not to look at it in a negative way. I know a lot of my mates would be like, I can't do any gigs and I have no outlets and stuff. Whereas I see it as just a chance to focus on other aspects of what I try and do, which is obviously Woodstock and do just a bit more writing and maybe some online sketches. If I think they're funny enough to film, I could do that maybe, but... I'm just sort of moving my energy to a different you know, like side of the wall, if that makes sense. Mm. How long have you been doing the podcast, actually? Um, I think I started about two years ago and did it for about half a year and then naturally just fell out of rhythm with it. I just got busy and then it just kind of fell by the wayside. Then I, I brought it back um, maybe a couple of months later. But if like, you know yourself, when you start out, you know, well, particularly the way I started out, I was using a microphone that might as well have came free with a kinder egg. Didn't know anything about software, how to edit audio files, none of that. So it just seemed, it didn't seem enjoyable. Um, But then when I came back, I had like new equipment and like new artwork and had a bit more of a vibe about how I was doing things. And then, you know, just kept it consistent. I think you you probably feel this yourself. Consistency is the key and that's how you engage people. so yeah since since I brought it back I haven't missed a week you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I, it's um been a fair while but I don't know when I actually kicked off it was like a slow a slow sort of build at the start
1: Yeah yeah I remember I rem- I remember look, looking back I think at the start of this year because I'd I'd not done much last year for this or well sorry 2019 it still feels like 2020 yeah. I'd not done much in 2019 just cuz I'd spent the whole year uh basically writing my book and yeah. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't, I basically couldn't be bothered to like focus my energy on, on anything else. Um, yeah. And then I, I came, I like started again in April of last year when the, when the lockdown started and I was like, well, I'm going to need this to, to probably help promote things. So it'll be useful to get started again. And I went back and listened to like my early episodes, like the, the audio quality was so so dire like I was like holy (laughs) shit someone listened to this and (laughs) I I couldn't believe that someone had actually taken the time to like get through it all when I listened to the audio quality and like just the quality of like the actual podcast like the content itself was just I was like I was I was really leaning on my guests at that point like not that I'm saying I'm the greatest host in the world now but it's definitely I'm definitely a little better than I was at the start yeah yeah it's,
0: uh, it's, it's like anything, I suppose there's a real learning curve to it. And I think, you know, it's, it's handy to look back on your early work and obviously 99% of you will cringe and want to just head by the wall for 20 minutes. But then when you look at where you are now, that's kind of, you know, it sort of perks you up a bit when you look at the difference. Like I remember I was bored one day. I looked at Joe Rogan's very first Joe Rogan Experience podcast and I'm like, did you put a webcam in the cistern and just... <laughs> What the hell is that? And like even my own, I don't know, if, like this is still on SoundCloud, but my first couple of podcasts, as I say, I didn't have a clue about any software, any equipment, and was too afraid to ask in case I got slagged because it seemed pretty basic. So I was using the sound recorder on my laptop, just the basic sound recorder, didn't use any software. So and I was using I say a pound stretcher microphone and I was doing like all my podcasts for at least an hour usually. So the sound recorder couldn't hack it. So after about twenty minutes, the uh the audio would like slow down. And obviously with my voice, that's not beneficial. You know what I mean? Because I, I sound like turf anyway. let's see <laughs> when it slows down. I was sitting uh, say I was talking about you know, say I was talking about the Irishman or whatever, even though the timeline that doesn't match up. But I would sort of be saying, I watched the Irishman over the weekend just slow me down dramatically and i was like this podcast is about six hours now because it slowed me down and <laughs> i was like oh i may need to that's when i moved over to audacity and i was like oh this is quite good mm. but
1: again it's such a learning curve it, it really is like and you don't learn until you start doing unfortunately mm. Are you sure that was the sound recorder and you weren't just getting like time just wasn't slowing down while you were listening to your early content it, it could have been a mixture of both. Yeah, it could have
0: been me having a, a mild swelling of the brain, just listening to the appalling, <laughs> appalling thing. That reminds me of sorry to go off topic, but the oh, whole speed thing. My, um, my dad's like 75 now, and when the lockdown kicked in, he, uh, he messaged me saying, um, I'd like to get internet into the house because we're in lockdown. And uh, previously, I had no interest in the internet, I'm not really tech savvy whatsoever and doesn't give a shit. He's just like, I read the paper, I watch the TV, that's that's me grand to say but he was like a bit of internet'd be good for streaming. He likes the shows and stuff like that. But he was like, I don't want to get internet. Uh, I don't want to get like a package that's too cheap. And I was like, what do you mean? Because he's notoriously tight, like every dad in this country, doesn't want to spend money. Like my dad would buy odd numbers of socks if it was cheaper. Do you know what I mean? He'd buy like about 17 socks there for <laughs> one do you know what I mean? So I was like, why do you want like a really cheap package? And he was like, well, I was reading about it. I was reading about internet speed. And I was like, okay. And he said, well, the more money you pay for your internet, uh, the quicker the internet is, the quicker the speeds. And I was like, yeah, that's right. But he was like, but if I get a really cheap package, does that mean my internet's going to be really slow? So say I'm watching Deal or No Deal. It's usually a twenty-minute, 25 minute program. If I get slow internet, and the stream slower is it going to take me like an hour and a half to watch it <laughs> <laughs> swear to god he was like so don't get me anything too fast not I'm too slow like try to watch speed last week took me two weeks <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's, well he's worried the yeah. internet's too fast he's going to be like watching no deal no uh, dealer no dealer like double speed like <laughs> yeah.
0: everyone sounds like Alvin and the chipmunks
1: you're like geez,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? It's great, but as I say, original point. You learn these things, man. It's uh, and again, it's like the you know way you don't really learn to drive until you pass your test. Yeah, that that's what any sort of aspect of this sort of vibe is. Whether it's podcasting, stand-up acting, I'm sure writing a book. You know what I mean? It's until you start writing, you don't know if you've if you're doing a good job or not. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you know that must be serious. Like I mean, I I. I'm just curious about it. You wrote you wrote a full book. I mean, you know how many drafts did, did it take to even get your first chapter? Like, I mean, when did oh, you feel like you got into the rhythm?
1: I mean, I, I legit feel like I got into the rhythm when I started writing my second one. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like the, 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 the the like honestly, like I, I, I the, the first the first like the first half draft of the first like two chapters took like six months because yeah. most of it was like most of the stuff i was putting in wasn't relevant i was doing a lot of research and like just trying to like throw shit at, at this word document until it looked like i had something to show for it yeah um, and then like eventually like i kind of got into the rhythm and the only thing that really like kickstarted my ass was when i finally got the first three chapters finished like and sent off to, to some publishers. And like, some of them came back and were like, yeah, we'd like your book. And I was like, shit, I got to finish it now. That's <laughs> a yeah, good motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, which was, okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. You, you, I, I, I still don't feel like, like I, I, I remember getting to the end of it and being like, that's it. I will never write another thing in my life. That's it. That's the only thing <laughs> i will ever put on paper ever. This is it. This is the pinnacle of my career. Like I'm done. And, and then when I started writing the, the the next one I was like hang on that was like a warm-up like like I shouldn't be saying this yeah. it's great book, go buy it it's it's <laughs> um, yeah. but, but like I, I, I only felt like right at the end that I was finally like hitting a stride where it was like at least passable <laughs> yeah
0: so like when when you're doing that how many chapters do you need to send to potential
1: publishers like is it just one or two chapters uh you gotta send uh from for non-fiction books most publishers want three three chapters um okay and then it's still
0: quite ballsy though you know to say i'll send you three chapters and if they like it they're like we're going to publish it but you're like i still have like another 15 yeah. to write so it's, it's really ballsy and our part to go based off you know an eighth of this book we're going to publish it yeah. do you do know what I mean like yeah the first three chapters are brilliant yeah and then, uh, <laughs> it falls by the wayside then unfortunately
1: yeah it's taking a se- <laughs> you're taking a serious gamble there you know like the, the rest could just yeah. be other trash and you've agreed to publish it
0: <laughs> yeah imagine getting the feedback where they're like in chapter five we have robert de niro getting a sock job and an a sound micro where did that come from and You're like, <laughs> just
1: delete that sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, for fiction, for like a, a novel, you have to send them the whole thing. But um, yeah. it's like, because it's about Brexit, it's, uh, it's well, it's also fiction. But yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's definitely a bit of, I'd say it's definitely a bit of a gamble on their part. But yeah. I mean, they were fine with it. So I'm not going to argue. Yeah. <laughs> can, I just, um, can I just
0: double check as well that we're allowed to like curse and talk about certain like racy subjects? Because I said
1: something horrible things already is that is it? Yeah, I, I mean it's a, it's a bit too late to say anything about it but like i really don't care uh um, oh it's okay oh sorry the it's only, all right. just the just only thing we can't talk about is is covid treatments i had a video removed because I, I talked about something um oh really yeah and the worst bit was like i was quote i was like citing articles about it and like there were, yeah. like it was like like the Daily Mail and like somewhere else was talking about it, and I was like, oh, there's this cool thing. And then I'm not going to mention it specifically in case they ban this as well. But they <laughs> they removed the video. They were like content yeah. violations. I was like, what? <laughs> like I'm citing oh like God. legit news articles. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what That's happened. There. Yeah. Badness. I mean, I've, I've I've submitted my appeal, but I don't know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, but yeah. So, so what do you think? Um, like, there's been there's a lot of different types of, uh, of comedy, especially now. You got people doing like podcasts and stuff. There's a lot of comedians doing it. You got like, I don't know. You had vines before. You got TikTok is basically the same fucking thing. Um, like, what w- what is like the worst type of comedy? Like, what won't you touch with a barge pole? You're just like, no, 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 no.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think, and again, this is not, like. A slight against any people that do this type of thing, but for me, um, I'm it's just me personally. I'm not too keen on musical parodies, and I mean, not people who write their own legitimate like comedy songs. That's great, but other no, people who just kind of change a lyric here and there, and and go like, oh, here's my parody of whatever. It, again, there's there's certainly a market for it, but it's, it, for me, I just don't really see. Where the the craft is went on there, we just change a couple of words. That that kind of makes me cringe a wee bit. It seems mm. very sort of hacky to an extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been laughing all day. At my my one of my best friends keeps sending me um like Sandman or not Sandman, um Candyman parodies about the Tendyman about the GameStop <laughs> thing. And oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's just it's absolutely cracking me up. It's like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it
0: like it's. Again, it's just for me personally. It, um, it's it's just weird to me. But again, when it's done well, it is hilarious. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, like people writing their own like musical comedy is always amazing. Like, I, like I, I'm such a sucker for like you know if you get like any like some like some some of my favorite shows are like like South Park or or The Simpsons. You get any of them that have like a like a song in them. I'm just a yeah. sucker. It's just like immediately like twenty times better for me. Like like oh yeah. Like the best part for me about the South Park movie is that it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is tremendous. Like you could listen to the soundtrack
0: just on Spotify when you're doing other things. Do you know what I mean? It's that good. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. The, um, you know, I haven't seen the. Uh, what was that thing they did, the Book of Mormon? Oh, it's so I've uh, seen it twice. <laughs> oh really? I keep. Uh, I was in New York when it when it launched on Broadway, and there was no chance of getting tickets like we queued in times square and we had a very decent amount of money set aside you know to get even if we had to sit at the back and do a matinee or whatever and it just wasn't happening at all um but i listened to it on spotify so i've never seen it but i have listened to it and still enjoyed it you know what i mean so i'd love maybe similar to the way hamilton was filmed and put on a streaming platform i'd like to see me in the book of mormon maybe not go to disney plus probably not but um you could uh Certainly, film it for Netflix. I'm trying to bikini to see it now.
1: Yeah, I mean, something tells me they won't get on Disney Plus, given the amount of times yeah. they've taken the piss out of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd say, I'd say, uh, I it's,
1: it's, it's doubtful. Mm. <laughs> they yeah. seem that Disney seem like they'd be a bit vengeful. Like, like Mickey, Mickey seems like a like a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: they Disney take no shade. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
1: So like what, what would you say your worst experience on stage is? Like wh- have you got like booed before? Or like I don't know, just like you're just standing there like, like you're like, okay, this is gonna kill, and then it's just like crickets. Um I think I've been lucky enough. I've never had any, you know,
0: seriously, seriously bad experiences. I've had gigs in Lurgan, and uh that's it. No more joking. Um, but like you know, but sometimes I don't. I don't know. Sometimes you just get gigs that you know, just you're you're on you're doing you're doing your show, and it's just not the main thing, and it's not really your fault. It's not the crowd's fault. It's like I've had many experiences where a bar decides to put on a comedy night in the main bar. You know what I mean? Where people are going in and having a bit of dinner, maybe a few pints after work, with no interest in hearing stand up. But suddenly then they're being told, can you quieten down? Because this specky lesbian fella from Strabane is going to speak now for 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like I, was, you know, like, I always feel if you're going to do a gig in a bar, it should be in a separate room, a back room or an upstairs. But the amount of times you just put you in the main bar. So hypothetically, if you're having a drink with a mate and then you're being told to quiet them down because there's stand up happening. Some people will be like, oh, dead on. But a lot of people will be like, I'm not old. Well, that, like that happened at least 100 times. You're just sitting there going, it's not my fault. It's not their fault. It's just <laughs> the wrong environment for it, unfortunately. But I've been lucky enough. You know, I've had, I haven't had have had any really nasty hackles. I've had some weird things. I was in Dublin and a, an old Spanish woman said that I wasn't very funny, but my hair was lovely. You know what I mean? And the compliment you can get yeah and then someone shouted up at me at a gig when i was down in galway funny enough it's always down south some guy shouted um he shouted up aggressively uh your neck doesn't suit you what's that even mean (laughs) but he said it as if like you know you may fucking sort that neck out what are you doing with a neck like that how dare you leave the house with a neck like that and like what do you want me to do i can't (laughs) i was literally born with you know i mean sort that neck out you? You didn't you know, have I like didn't you, have like
1: ridiculous like fake tan on like your face and then just like a white uh, neck or like a, a like a fake tanned neck and a white face. Or...
0: No, I probably like yeah. I don't, I don't. I always felt I had a, a very decent neck. No, prior to that, I would have went. I have one of the best necks
1: in show business,
0: but apparently, apparently not. So I have to. That's why I'm doing stand up to save up money to get the surgery necessary to get a neck that doesn't make me look like a PEZ machine. I don't know what I don't know what. I don't know what he means. Like I'm very, I'm so conscious of my neck now. Even you, you're looking at it. You're looking at it right now. Don't, <laughs> I can tell you're you're trying to scope out what's the neck issue here. You know what I mean, Is it, <laughs> you know what I mean, was there a just a part of it that just didn't grow properly? I don't know. But yeah, so I'm a I'm a shite neck bastard, unfortunately.
1: I mean, hopefully you can get that surgery and and then get get into that FHM top one hundred sexiest necks. 100% I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm rooting for you man
0: <laughs> yeah I'm just trying to think who's
1: the main competition I mean who's got a nice neck <laughs> I don't know I mean one, one of those African women that get like the the, the the like rings that they put and it like makes their yeah. neck longer that they they gotta be like serious competition but then that's all oh, covered wow. up but then you know you can still totally be sexy all covered up yeah for sure <laughs> yeah
0: I just lost my train of thought, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's what's been holding me back all these years was yeah, just a substandard neck, unfortunately. Well, yours are dead on though. You've got a good neck on you. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, you've a good I've job for. growing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you make of the at the comedy scene in in Northern Ireland?
0: Um, it's tremendous. It's absolutely, and it's not me, brown Nosing. Um, what I'm about to say, like I mean, I started you know, there was a handful of gigs. you would be lucky to do two or three gigs a month, really. And that's not just because you were starting out, and just because even like there was a decent open mic scene, then the pavilion, and there was masons and dairy, there was dailies and Oma and stuff like that, and then there was random ones that popped up. But really, there was nothing concrete. You know, you basically had to work your way up to try and get into the empire. But that was very difficult to do when you were doing two or three gigs a month, if even. You know, so it took a long time to get in there. Whereas now, you know, you have people like Dave. Dave Elliott has been running like Pug Ugly's. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it stretched out into the Boneyard, which is their outdoor venue, which I did when the lockdown lifted. Uh, Lavery's, Colin Gallis runs Laveries, And that's twice a month. Pug Uglies is weekly. Now I think it's to bi-weekly. And... Um, there's a really strong open mic scene, and there's gigs in the Accidental Theatre, and then you can still travel about the north. But the scene now is night and day, and I mean that in the best way. Like there was always comedians when I started out, really, really good ones, but there was never an audience. I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was very much. We prefer we're, we prefer to go to the Empire and nowhere else, and we don't want to see, you know, other comedians or whatever. Um, whereas now. Crowds are coming out to see, you look at like Paddy Raff, Colin Geddes, Shane Todd, Mickey Bartlett, Aaron, Dave, all doing a 1,000 plus seated venues. And uh, it's a testament to obviously all the comedians who work hard because, well, A, because you get a lot of repeat people coming out. Every comedian on the scene writes new stuff solidly, whereas maybe places down south and in England don't need to do that. They can have a solid 7 to 10, maybe up to 20 minutes that they can just use for at least two years, and it's solid, and that's what they do. We couldn't do that. Once someone sees you in laveries if you come back and do some of the same stuff, they won't say anything. But when you do it again, and they've seen the thing again three times, then they'll be like, "What? what's this? You know what I mean? So you had to keep writing, and that's why everybody has just got to this level now where they're selling out big big venues you know and people are flocking to it you know you mean you think for such a small city the fact that there is a bunch of comedians that can sell really big venues without really affecting each other's sales it's mad it's just a real testament to just how everyone here just seems to love it now like everybody is like listening to your podcast follows you on social media and then wants to know about your like your life and come see in big venues and support you on patreon and you know if, if, you, if you put up a sketch they're sharing it on their story and it's honestly like long story short it's night and day but it's brilliant and it's only going to get better i know covid's kind of put the dampener on it a wee bit but i don't think that's going to harm it long term to be honest
1: yeah i mean i like i'm i'm uh, normally in the winter i run this little bar in in austria and i'm still out here because my boss keeps saying because they keep saying, oh, it's just a few more weeks and then we'll open. My boss keeps going, you know, Josh, it's all right. Just just chill out. Just go skiing. Just wait for the place to open and then it'll be fine. Because he's convinced like the second that we're allowed to open anything, like we're going to be rammed because everyone's yeah. just going to be like scrambling for any amount of crack that you can possibly find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, what sort of, is it
1: an Irish bar in Austria or is it just a bar bar? No, it's, it's a like, it's, it's, it's just a little, like it's, it's not an up ski bar, like, but that's technically what it is, but it's just this little tiny, like dive bar in a ski resort, um, awesome. which, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, I like to tell people it's the greatest bar in the world because I genuinely yeah. believe that, um, but I might yeah. be biased because I, I run it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. It's better than you coming out and say I'm a shite you know what I mean
0: just don't come here well
1: no I mean there's uh, (laughs) like uh one of the one of the snowboard instructors that that I know he's from from New Jersey and he's been coming here every year for 20 years and he used to joke that anytime anyone went home or anytime he went home and he was asking or people were asking him oh you know where'd you go is it any good blah 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 he would always just be like no don't go there because he wanted it to remain his little secret
0: (laughs) yeah that's I don't know what I would tend to Agree. Like, are you in Austria right now? Yeah. Oh, really? That's awesome. I, mm-hmm. my internet is better than I thought. I don't know. Um uh, yeah, I can I can see the principle of that where you want you want it to feel like yours. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than when you're in a place that you like and then other people come in, even if like somewhere public and you're like, ah oh, you No, know, if you like you got a really nice restaurant to yourself, and then suddenly there's like a, a rush of people and you're like, oh, that's it's
1: the worst. So I can see where it's coming from there, yeah yeah i mean it's yeah it's like it's like if you find like a cool little dive like a dive bar somewhere or like a restaurant you like said and then and then it's like your little secret and then all of a sudden it hits like top 10 on TripAdvisor, and it's full filled with a whole bunch of like fucking normies that don't get the atmosphere and you're like oh fuck off
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it must be it must be tough i because it's almost like being a victim of your own success where you, yeah. you have this sort of very niche as you say there's like a a vibe and all the the small bunch of people who go there regularly understand here's the vibe here's the sort of music you can play in the jukebox and here's the just you know and yet you sort of know people by their first name or at least what they're about and then suddenly a lot of students land in a lot of hipsters with <laughs> monocles and tennis rackets for shoes and all this, and half a mohican and mm. rubbing pesto on each other and you're
1: like well, why are they here you know <clears> what i mean oh uh, yeah it's what, not it s- called snorting pepper with uh with, with <laughs> shots of pepper. sambuca <laughs> yeah just just to be rare yeah. just go and just just take a shot like a normal
0: person why do you have to do this snorting tabasco and what do you do just drink drink the thing you know what i mean like it says me that just sits there with a half pint of Smirnoff, just yeah like a 70 year old um what, what's the actual bar called uh, the bar- like a,
1: yeah oh, it's just called the Alm bar like, alm is the, like alm bar. the alm bar because uh, it's uh, like in an alm an alms like a like a mountain sort of hut thing um yeah it's it, it's in this tiny little resort that like no one's ever fucking heard of but the reason i go there is because um my my uncle has been playing in a band that come here for like 30 years and they come and they like fill this hotel um in like one of the villages and yeah. they, they play like four times in two weeks um and it last year was their 30th year since they were they were coming there it's pretty cool they were awesome um, yeah So I was always here when I was a kid. And then the first time I I was able to like, when I was a kid, I would always hear like them talking about what happened in this bar the day before. And they'd all be like sitting there with headaches and I had no idea what was going on. I'd be like, are you hungover? Like not knowing what a hangover even fucking meant. (laughs) And then then the first time I went in and like got properly drunk with them all when I was 18, I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest bar in the world. I want to work here someday. And then I get to, which is cool. That's awesome. I must be just out of nostalgia element for you, you know, yeah yeah you know. i think i think that helps but like we have like a really cool crowd of regulars of like local people there's like a roster of about I don't know, 100 150 people that that come from like the surrounding area to ski and then they come to me after which is really cool because yeah. it's like this like huge family and then it, it's fun because you never know who's going to walk in but then you're always going to have like fun people that you know there like every day which which really hmm. which is really cool like it's uh yeah yeah, it's a lot of fun I can I, can't, I can't complain at all
0: it, it sounds really cool man because I think
1: you know you, you can't
0: you can't buy that you know what I mean that vibe and those people I mean you can put as much money as you want into to decorate in the place and have it like look a certain way but fundamentally you can't like you can't buy a vibe you can't buy ambience you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I think like there's a lot of buyers now that seem to try and do that and they don't always do it they think just because they've got sort of weird, chairs and beers from you know slovakia that they're the hottest spot in town but sometimes you can go in somewhere and just be like i'm just not it just doesn't have it, it just mm. doesn't have it it's hard to explain
1: but it just doesn't have it yeah i mean like my bar is is fucking it's i, I like to joke that the only thing that works in there is me because the, <laughs> the, the the beer taps don't work the the glass machine only fucking half works the 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 speakers well I got new speakers thankfully last like two years ago and they're the greatest thing I ever bought but like the door the the lock on the door like comes out of the door sometimes bathroom door doesn't 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 work like there was <laughs> there was like one yeah. of the, the one of the the stalls in the bathroom like. Like, we couldn't get it closed for, like, like a year. We just couldn't get the fucking thing to shut and lock, right? <laughs> and then there was this dude who's, who's really he's a, I'm a really good friend of him now. But, like, the first time he ever came in, uh, we got super drunk drinking this mango schnapps that I'd made. And then he just, like, disappeared into the bathroom. Managed to lock the fucking door and then pass out on the toilet. And... <laughs> Always and away. Like, to this day, we've no idea how he managed to lock the door. <laughs> you just oh lethal something
0: about it's always those sort of nights always happen when you're drinking something as you say like mango schnapps it's always that never happens if you're just drinking smithics it doesn't it's always we're like we're drinking watermelon vodka you know it's always something like that we're like you joke about that that's my other
1: that's the other special speciality that i make is watermelon vodka
0: (laughs) (laughs) watermelon vodka yeah i love it oh
1: (laughs) It's always nice. It's always those drinks that lead to those sort of escapades. I love it. Yeah, they destroy people. But yeah, so right. So what? What is? What is? What is in the world right now that we are not laughing at that? That we should be like. What are we not taking advantage of for for comedy? Um, that's a good
0: but tough question. I have to say. Um, I don't. What? What should we be? La- what should we be laughing at? Um, we should be laughing i don't know that's a re- really tough question um you mean in general like is yeah. there anything uh, yeah. the, the only thing really that i find that I, the the thing that i'm enjoying at the moment that's kind of saved my lockdown outside of the podcast is the tv channel five star you ever watched anything on five star no it's um i don't know if you'll get it out in austria um i've I'll get your box chipped. I mean, you can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Five Star basically has, you know those TV shows that are so shite, but they know they're shite. You know what I mean? Like, not reality shows, but like, it's always stuff like Booze Britain, you know, Life on the Dole, <laughs> Can't can't Pay Will Take It Away, which is like vlogs from Bayless, essentially. You know what I mean? Any, anything with the word dole in it, I'm watching it. You know, doll, no Nazis on the doll. I'll watch it. Anything doll, oh my god! Is that on the History it's, Channel? It should be because I would love to see Nazis hewn <laughs> and then find out that their their doll's been cut off because they've been working in a and I don't know, a, a hipster barbers on the on the side doing
1: m- moustaches.
0: Um, yeah, well, no doubt we they they have some to.
1: sort of anti-Semitic reason for that.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're some somewhat angry people, the Nazis. Um, but yeah, that's that's what saved my life. Everybody should be watching five star and just watch, particularly that show can't pay we will take it away. It's honestly like the it's just bailiffs going about just just taking people's stuff. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, but, and it's always like um these people, they're just like surprised that the bailiffs have landed at their door, but they're like you owe 127 grand on a TK Maxx card that you haven't paid <laughs> back. So we're absolutely taking your air fryer and you're, you'll have to live with. Because the way it works is I've learned all about it is they, they, they're actually called like, um, and like what, what do they call themselves now? They don't call themselves bailiffs anymore. It's something like um high court enforcement is what they're called now, which is when you work in some way and call yourself a sandwich artist, you're like,
1: are you really? So, you in, in oh, some ways can get pretty, pretty beautiful, man. Like, I oh yeah. <laughs> like if you're hungover yeah. and you're sitting there, like watching the guy, like, like assemble your foot long, like, like meatball marinara, and you're just sitting there being like, that is the sexiest thing I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if
0: you if you get a sandwich artist that's on the ball, hundred percent. But when you get the people that just like fling lettuce at a bit of bread and don't don't put any effort in it, um. But yeah, the high court enforcers, they basically go to these people's houses and be like, we have a high court writ, which is the document. And they go, you owe 100 grand because you didn't you know, pay bills for your vet or something like that there. And then they go, can you pay that today? Who can pay 100 grand? Just, do you know what I mean? Like, If I rang you tomorrow and be like, can you give me a fiver? You'd have to think about it. But 100 grand? You'd just be going, are you joking? You're not gonna- but well, right now, I no worries. Let me just go get that Coca-Cola money box on top of the fridge and say, like, <laughs> that's um, so stupid to them."
1: When they hopefully, hopefully by by next week, it'll. I'll just be like, "Ah, oh, it's all right. I'll just start, I'll just sell one of my GameStop stocks, and it'll be all <laughs> exactly. good. You know? Yeah, job
0: done. <laughs> but yeah, watch it. Honestly, there's there's loads of it. Uh, loads of seasons, and it's uh, sometimes can get very uh not violent, but I it, it does get a bit. A bit violent now when people are like i don't have any money and they're like well we're going to take your samsung plasma tv and uh and then like they have the legal right to go into the people's houses they can't refuse an entry they can go in particularly if the door's open they can literally let themselves in when you're lying like ironically probably watching can't pay away. they
1: come in behind you and lift the sofa while you're still on it and just yeah like the the guy the guy's walking up to the door and you're like the woman sat on the, or the guy sat on the fucking sofa like watching it being like that house looks familiar like that looks like our front door and the, the doorbell rings they you're like hang on <laughs> exactly
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's one thing I would be imploring people to watch that or any shows like it you know any wee shows that don't take themselves too seriously where it's just people who are you know, like Booze Britain, they, they just follow people drinking all night and they have like a graphic on the screen of the units of alcohol that they've been consuming. So it shows you pre-drinking, bar, club, kebab shop, house party stage. And then you see them like, you know, like phoning like the, the dodgy taxi guy who can give you carryouts from his car, which is a thing in Belfast as well. It's great. Um, you know what I mean? Things like that. And it's just, they just kind of leave a GoPro sitting in a house and just let it film and then you just see people. Do
1: you know what I mean? That's How got to be the, like the lowest production value show on the uh, on the planet. Like, you just need a GoPro oh. and some drunk people. That's not a difficult yeah. thing to find. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And particularly here, if they did it on, like,
0: Paddy's Day in the Holy Lands, I mean, you would get about 10 seasons of that. HBO would sign that up.
1: I mean like you could turn it into a proper fucking drama. You'd have Stephen Nolan running about like sort of waddling about with his with his camera team being like we're gonna find we're gonna find teenagers that are drinking too much on Paddy's Day. Have you ever heard such a travesty? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He got really he gets really into that, doesn't he? He was chasing people who weren't wearing masks and stuff like that. And
1: like, just, I, like <laughs> all right. I had a friend of mine who said like if he if he came up to him. Uh, if like if he was at a, a, like a Petro and Stephen Nolan come up and be like where's your mask sir do you not care sir he would just deck him and the yeah. like, think he would uh, like it's like yeah you see if you if you were the guy to punch Stephen Nolan on camera you would have your your legal fees paid for if you if you if you set up a GoFundMe like your legal yeah. fees would be paid for in in thirty minutes and you would immediately be the most popular man in Northern Ireland
0: yeah <laughs> I think I think the best way to do it is to get someone to film it for you and put your paypal details <laughs> on the screen and you'd be a billionaire no like when you see people on willerspoons that put up on facebook i'm at willerspoons belfast at table 78 and people can send you drinks via the willerspoons app they can do that it's the equivalent of that put your paypal on the screen and then just hit stephen nolan and you you'll buy your own island you know what I mean? You have that much money you know what i mean and you could pay you could pay all your bills back and there'd be no more bailiffs Coming to your house. You know what I mean? That's how you get out of debt. <laughs> them yourself hitting unlikable people.
1: After yeah. <laughs> you, on. Who else could you get? Who's really. who? I don't, I don't know if there's anyone more hated than Stephen Nolan. I actually, like in, in Northern Ireland, at least. Piers Morgan, maybe you get I Piers. I was about to say Piers Morgan. I'd, mm-hmm. oh, I would
0: happily drop Kicking the Wood Chipper. <laughs> I didn't like that guy. Um, Trump, you know I mean? Trump's pretty pretty high on the list, I suppose. Again, I don't
1: know anything about politics, but doesn't seem he was overly popular. Uh he was I he was like it's it's amazing. He was like simultaneously the most hated man and the most beloved at the same time. Yeah, it was incredible. It. Like they you, you either like fervently hated the guy or you yeah. thought he was like the greatest thing since like sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. He was he was proper, like it was marmite, wasn't it? Well
0: more marmalade probably the colour of him, but he, um yeah, it's it's mad. It's like again, I don't I don't like keep track of politics, but he was either loved or hated. Um in terms of someone who's universally hated, I would make the, the statement that Katie Hopkins, Ooh. she has to be universally hated. I can't think of any reason why anybody would go, I think she's all right, because she's got that like old man in a bar who talks a wee bit too provocatively, but it is like they actually mean it. You know what I mean? You know that you've got an old fella in the bar that's just like, "Oh, I don't like this," and you're like, "All right, mate, no problem." Whereas (laughs) Kitty Hopkins is like sober on a talk show, just going, "Don't name your kids." this COVID's fake and whatever. It's fucking mad.
1: Oh yeah, the best one. The best one she came out was she called. She called refugees like she she compared them to cockroaches. He was just like, I mean, like that. Yeah, ballsy. (laughs) Yeah, ballsy. I think. Like, I think asshole is the word you're looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, See, I think she, like, if you filmed, again, got a wee GoPro and just filmed someone drop kicking her, not only you would get a serious social media following, (laughs) and uh, as I say, just uh, the money would start rolling in. If everybody who's seen it gave you 50p, you know what I mean? You'd still be a
1: billionaire. S- <laughs> no sweat. S- set up an OnlyFans for for, for just like, d- like decking <laughs> unpopular people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> call it like Only Smacks. Only just, smacks. <laughs> <laughs> just do that. And again, I think we're on to something here. This could be a very meaty idea. I mean, mm. obviously, I don't know how you wouldn't get done for assault because you've ironically filmed yourself doing it. Um, unless you pixelate it. I don't know. I don't know how you would do it, but...
1: If oh, you wear get a, mask, a mask? They can't tell who you yeah. are.
0: Yeah, wear the mask and then have it as like a private link and anybody who wants to see it has to give you a quid and then
1: keep it unlisted on YouTube and you'll be grand. Yeah, I never thought in a million years, like people would be begging for, for balaclava equivalents in Northern Ireland to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i seen something on Twitter
0: when the, when the masks were first introduced. And there was a lot of people in Northern Ireland that were very anti-mask and didn't feel it was necessary and stuff like that. Whatever floats your boat, I don't really get involved. But a lot of... Some guys said on Twitter that basically the masks just look like cut-offs from balaclavas anyway. Do so you know what I mean? Like when you cut the hole out of the mouth to make a balaclava, just keep the stray bit of thing. you know what I mean?
1: Two elastics and you've got the job done. you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Uh so what are your what are your plans then for for when we, we open up again, hopefully soon and um, we'll then later. Back to stand-up for sure, if if um anybody'll have me. Um, the
0: podcast is still going strong. So I've hit this week's solo episode is episode 76, and then my extra branch podcast, which is with a guest. Um it's at like 37 or something as well. So it's gonna keep going strong. Um I have booked a solo show in Belfast for February next year, but it's not announced. So I don't know if I could say it on here. I don't know when this goes out. I don't know when I'm announcing the show. A couple um, of weeks probably this will be out. So yeah, follow me on social media. You'll see the vibe, but there is a a sort of solo Belfast show um, next year, which is good. So I'll be working towards that and just keeping the podcast going. And I don't know how the rest of the year is going to go. I mean, I've kind of used all the lockdown periods like most people, you know, to try and be productive and even do like the the boring shite, you know, like, because you're not really able to do anything. So you're like, well, now is the time to update my CV, defrost the freezer, do the gutter and learn Arabic. You know, you just try and do as much as you can. Let's say all the boring stuff, like I I had to get registered by a doctor. It's really, not for any reason, just because I just wasn't registered. Had to do that and send away for a provisional license so I've got all the boring stuff kind of done so when everywhere opens I just kind of want to I'll do anything like I'll be straight on the Groupon when when the on's <laughs> a thing again because per, the per folks at Groupon can't do anything whereas when everything's lifted hopefully maybe September I don't know uh, and I get some Groupon offers I'll do whatever they offer if they send me a voucher to go paragliding in Dungannon I'm doing it I'm 100% I'm going to go see scouting for girls I'm going to go see I don't care what it is I'll go to a seance I'll go to drive-in mass I just don't <laughs> I'll do anything so basically that's my answer I'll do literally anything I'll go Zumba. Zumba I'll go to I'll go I'll start dogging I'll do whatever it takes to just be out of the house you know what I mean that's my vibe Underwater CrossFit. Yes, underwater CrossFit. And I'm gonna um I'm gonna write a sitcom called Nazis on the Dole. And I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna be, uh, take on some part time work as a bailiff and uh take people's, you know, chainsaws and stuff like that. <laughs> just do whatever. But I'm gonna just try and be busy but in a, a more enjoyable way, mm-hmm. instead of being busy, you know what I mean, repainting the bathroom or grouting the bathroom tiles. I with that fucking white ballocks and just spraying it on. Just going, isn't this great? Is it? Because, like, when the lockdown came in, that was me. When was the lockdown official? End of March. I yeah. was married. I, that was still for my first year of marriage. And they say the first year of marriage is, hard, is the hardest. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. And then you're on lockdown together. And then I think my wife, Lisa, has now fully acknowledged exactly how much of a tip I am. Like, <laughs> You know, when i was away doing gigs and stuff she she was aware that i was a tit but it was small doses mm-hmm. it was a wee wee drabs during the day but when we're both working from home together and she's getting the full force 24 7 tit woodsy i think she's gonna buy me a bib for christmas i think she's worried <laughs> she didn't realize how much of a tit i really am or like she got a, our toilet seat broke and she found one online and like a like a pine stretcher near my house she was like Go to Pine Stretcher and get the toilet seat. And I was like, okay, WhatsApp it to me. She goes, What? I was like WhatsApp me the link to the toilet seat. And she was like, It's a fucking toilet seat. What do you need? Why do you need a link, D? Do you not know what one looks like? Like, what are you gonna come back with a giant horseshoe? Like, <laughs> she's just like, it's a toilet seat. Just go to the shop and get the get the toilet seat. Like, what do I need a link for you for? It's not like a very specific perfume. Or makeup is not that level specific specificity, if that's even a word. It's a toilet Speci- specific specificity, I think. Specificity. It
1: is. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you um you see to my Twitter, um I, I still can't pronounce worse worst just Sir sure
1: Sauce. Worcester Worcester Sir Worst oh no, you're not your fucking with me Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's
0: Worcestershire. Hard, man. worst
1: Lame, worst, parents. Worst lame the, parents. Worcestershire <laughs> sauce.
0: Worst, wor, worst, just, like I, uh, my, my wife can't say uh, specific. She can't say that. <laughs> no. which oh, is but, handy when we don't have a specific toilet. Section, I mm. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, right I guess, that. I guess, I guess, if you're still going strong after this year, like the next year should be <laughs> playing sailing.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, during the lock, we've been in lockdown together and also built things from argos together so we're that's all set for life i mean if you can get through that if you can build a lack table together without like violence then you you know soulmates that's it
1: yeah
0: you can read instructions together that's a true test of your of your love
1: your l-o-v-e yeah well i mean it depends if you're if like if especially if you're two different types of people it depends it like if your wife's like no we're gonna read the instructions first and you're like ah fuck it we'll just throw it all together it'll be fine or the other yeah. way around <laughs> and you manage to get through it that's even more impressive yeah
0: oh you've had the nail on the head there she's very by the book very um you know here's the instructions and we things like she has to um all the the switches have to be off at night not for like the fridge or anything but see like TV charger stuff like that all has to be off when you when you go do the big shop when you're putting stuff away in the fridge or in the cupboards or in the freezer you need to be able to open the door to the fridge or cupboard and see everything instead of just putting it in the cupboard and going around she's like it needs to be so you can see well, i've got two tons of beans ten of tomatoes chickpeas peanut butter pesto you know what i mean you have to be able to see everything or i'm just like flinging i just fling things do you know what I mean? like, there you go, past it. There you go. Aye. It's in there I mean, somewhere. You know it's all in there. Ah, exactly. But she's just like, nope, I will not have that. So I'm like, okay, so happy
1: to be married. love. Mm, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, that feels like a nice positive note on which to end things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Is, there, is there anything you want to plug before we finish?
0: Um, just talk. I say the podcast is out every Friday. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm on YouTube as well, video podcasts, um, and then I'm on Patreon as well for any early access to things. You can go on Patreon, fire a few quid in a month and get early access to everything. And I'm launching a um a new thing called Woodsy Watches on my Patreon over the next year, which is like movie commentaries and retrospectives and stuff like that. Which should be cool.
1: So I hope it's all
0: five yeah. star
1: five star TV.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm just doing all 19 seasons of, you know what I mean, Nazis on the dole. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> Absolutely. All oh, of that. I look, for- <laughs> I look forward to it. But yeah, man, thanks yeah, very thanks, much. Uh, thanks. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed that. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, dude. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and to our mailing list. And don't forget my book, Brexit, the establishment Civil War is now available for pre-order on Amazon. You'll find the link in the description below. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.